Whiskey for the Ages podcast. I'm your host, Brian Dawson, and I'm here with my daughters, Hannah and Laura. Hello. Tonight we have a great show planned for us. We are going to review a bourbon we've never had before. It's been on our list for a long time. Been something that we see on the shelf almost every time we are in a liquor store, and for whatever reason, we have always passed right by it. And now we figured this would be a great time to actually grab that bottle, open it up, and see what's inside. So, what exactly are we drinking tonight? Folks, we're going to open a bottle of Old Forester 100 Proof Bourbon. Also known as the Orange Label. A lot of people call it that. Orange Label, the Old Forester signature, it goes by lots of names. And you all might be wondering, why are we reviewing this particular bourbon? Well, we've had all of the off-the-shelf Old Foresters except this one. Including the 86 proof, which is, which is pretty funny. We've done the 86, and we've done the uh, whole series from uh, the Whiskey Row. We've had the Statesman. All of those reviews are up on our website, and here we've skipped this one. So, folks, let's get started. Uh, Old Forester 100 Proof Vital Stats. Again, we, it's also known as the orange label or the signature label. It is a Kentucky bourbon. It is entirely made in Kentucky. Uh, it's from the region of Louisville, Kentucky, here in the United States. It's made by Brown Foreman, the distillery uh, DSP number, the Distilled Spirits Plant, is KY414. The mash bill on this whiskey is 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malt barley. With that high of rye, I would expect a little bit of spice. Barrel char is pretty high. It's a number four barrel char. That's going to uh, give a full alligator char to the inside of the barrel. There is no age statement here. Uh, that would mean it's probably somewhere between four and, and six, but it could be as young as three to five. It went into the barrel at 125 proof, and it was bottled at 50% ABV, or alcohol by volume, or what we all know as 100 proof. I bought this in a local Idaho liquor store for $25.95. Typically it will go on sale for as little as $23.95. Some people might wonder, it says it's 100 proof, is it bottled in bond? Nowhere on the label does it say bottled in bond. I was actually just looking for that and I, I, I'm holding the bottle as we speak and it is, I, I, I'm not seeing it there. Some people think this is nearly exactly or almost or similar to the <laughs> uh, Bottled in Bond Whiskey Rose series, the 1897. We're going to find out. So Hannah, you've been nosing a little bit. What, yeah, what do you smell? Going through it. It, you know, we mentioned that uh, we've reviewed, we've tasted all of the other Old Forester lineup. We really like Old Forester products here. I was even having some of it last night. Um, not this one, but a different Old Forester. And the nose is very classic Old Forester, I'd have to say. There's a lot of dark dried fruit. There's a lot of uh, 
the classic Old Forester cherry. It's a bit dark. It's a bit, um, I almost want to say a, a hint at the bitter, but not quite. I get grain out of this. I know this is a ride one, but I actually get a little bit of wheat out of here too, which is really interesting. Uh, and kind of floral. Um, that I'm not super accustomed to with an Old Forester product, but there is a bit of a floral element here. I don't know if I want to go so into the, like, it's not herbal. It, it is definitely a floral, floral kind of smell. I can kind of get that too. Um, it's kind of like just, um, it's almost kind of like in a mix of roses. Yeah, or maybe yeah, some other. Yeah. Almost like a sweet floral. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were to walk in a garden or um or sit in a patio full of plants with flowers on them. Yeah. You could probably get yeah. a little bit like that. And you can even get a little bit of the earth out of that kind of garden environment too. Like I do get the the richness of a very well fertilized soil. Yeah, I get it's that It's very, too. very, like the like a dark soil, you know, that's just ready to go, ready for planting. I did get that because um, I spotted that same element. I used to work in a more agricultural uh, setting, and some of the smells that I would get from customers um, bring in some hay. I was trying to find that. I couldn't really find oh, it, yeah. but... It was among that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What about heat? Are we getting? I'm not getting a lot of heat, but it is a hundred proof, yeah. so it's not it's not too hot on the nose. I actually kind of am, um, ever so slightly. Like if I inhale, if I take a really really big inhale, it does kind of burn. But other than that, I don't smell direct heat. Um, Dad, you mentioned something about spices. I kind of get nutmeg and cloves for this. There's a hint of cloves there. Not not overpowering. I think it's more of an allspice where it's kind of a blend of... I could see that. A little bit of uh, nutmeg, like you said. A little bit of uh, cinnamon. That that yeah. ginger element. There, yeah. There's just a little bit of all that light spice there. It's not in your face, though. Light oak. I don't think yeah. it. I don't think it's a very intense oak here, but no, it's, no. it's it is there. You can get a little bit of char in it, but to me, it's kind of like if you char marshmallows. It's a very sweet. Oh, okay. Char. I I get that. I was trying to hunt for what is Ooh, that that yeah, sweetness, like kind of that that crust that you'd get on a marshmallow just yeah. before it, just before it's burnt. <laughs> yeah, when it's still brown yet. Don't burn those marshmallows. <laughs> I like them a little. A little crispy. Me too. Me too. How about candy? I was just wondering that. So, I think yeah. I think there's a little bit of a, a simple syrup into a light caramel, but I don't know if I'd go super heavy into much else. I'm getting caramel. Another thing that I kind of hunted down for, I got like the artificial grape flavor from like a Skittle. <laughs> It was weird. That's... It's it's a little specific, I know, but um, those things have a bit of a sweetness to them. They're not like straight up artificial grape flavor, because we all know what that is. But Skittles, 
I kind of get that kind of element, believe it is or it not. Is it like just one Skittle or a whole bunch of Skittles? Like a purple and red Skittle combined. Okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yep. There is a little bit of that classic vanilla here as well. Yeah. It's kind of almost vanilla custardy. Kind of like a pudding? Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Alright, I've got to taste it now. Okay. Let's see where we're at with this. Hmm. Okay, the first thing that I have got to say, it's a little bit hotter on the palate than I was anticipating it being, given the nose. And not only is it a little bit hotter, the mouthfeel is actually a little shocking to me. I definitely get a bread kind of flavor in the aftertaste. Um, initially, it's really sweet. Like, I get caramel. I get even brown sugar in the palate, but it just really, really mellows out into um, into like a wheat bread almost. I do get that bready element, but it's more yeasty for me. Now we got that dead air of when we're all <laughs> taking a sip at the same time. Yeah. I have a habit of when I take that first sip, I tend to hold it in my mouth without without doing anything other than just let it feel what I, what I can feel. And for me, this is a fairly light bourbon. It's almost, I don't want to say watery because it's more than just watery. No, that's really interesting that you say that because I the, that's what I was kind of referring to with that shocking mouthfeel. Usually an Old Forester is pretty oily like and it will really sink into the taste buds. I'm not getting that so much with this one. And that's 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 okay because even though this is a $25 bourbon. Yeah, that's something to keep in mind for sure. This has got like, a little bit more to the flavors. You know, early on we were talking about how it smelled. I am getting that cherry but it's more of a, a maraschino cherry, you know, like, like mm, yeah. the, the uh, cherry on top of the whipped cream with a little <laughs> bit of whipped cream on it, you know, that you get at the blizzard, you know, whatever, at Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah. I kind of get that, too. Um, in fact, yeah, cherries were among the things I found in the nose. When I taste a bourbon, I try to make as many... Um, comparisons is what I got in the nose. Um, like if I get brown sugar, well, am I going to taste that or am I going to taste something else? And cherries were a similarity. Yeah. This is fruity. Yeah. It's throwing me because I'm not looking for a fruity old forester. Oh, I always say I'm, if I'm having, <laughs> if I'm having an old forester, I'm anticipating some degree of fruit. It may not be as bombastic as, say, like the 1920, because that's very fruit forward. That's true. But that's true. Um, I am kind of putting the classic Old Forester cherry expectation on it, which I think this meets. I, I do think it meets yeah, it's that. It's there. It's most definitely it's, there. Yeah. And it's kind of, that cherry is kind of laying in a, maybe it got rolled in some cinnamon. <laughs> mm, yeah. It, because... That cinnamon is there, but it's not in your face there. Maybe it's old cinnamon. Oh, it could, yeah. It, it could be that it's the cinnamon flavor that's 
making me think that this tastes hotter than I would expect it to at the proof that it is. Because I do feel like it, it's hotter than a 100 proof. Not by much, but it, it definitely is not reading as a 100 proofer by my palate. Do you guys get any sort of nut element? Not particularly. I'm not, I'm not um, picking let me try up again. on a nut, but yeah, are you getting any nuts? For a while I was thinking like, you know the chopped macadamia nuts or the chopped walnuts that are covered in chocolate. Like they're kind of candy. Not necessarily chocolate covered okay. almonds, but just sugared almonds <laughs> or something like that. Alright. I'm not really getting that. Maybe a honey coated Yes. A, yes. a honey coated nut. Like the it's nature... definitely not peanut. I do no, not. There's no not. peanut here. No, it's kind of like a granola bar, kind of like I guess the oats and stuff, just covered in sugar. I think that vanilla is still here. Oh yeah. Uh, the the vanilla is pretty pronounced. You know, going back to that nose, we were talking grain earlier. I can taste sweet corn here. Mm. There's a sweet element of of the corn. And of course, with the high uh, percentage of corn in this, that would make sense. I guess if there was a disappointing thing here in the taste, there's very little oak, very little wood. Um, there might be a little bit of haziness, uh, maybe you know the the end of the night fire that's no smoke left, just the coals, and you might taste that or smell that a little bit but beyond that I'm really not getting a whole lot. See I wouldn't say that that's the disappointing factor if we're going to call out a disappointing <laughs> factor. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, I find it very nice. I think if there was one thing that um, is striking me as a little bit hmm would probably be that mouthfeel. I do like a bourbon that really sinks in, grips hard, um, and this isn't quite doing that. It's, However, it's warming. It's incredibly warming. That's what I was just going to say, especially when it hits the back of the palate and then you feel it like in the esophagus as it's yeah. going down yep. and it just kind of blooms and radiates outward. I, I can definitely feel the warm, the warming. Yeah. Me and, too. In the yeah. back of the throat or back of the tongue into the throat and like you say as it goes down the esophagus you can feel it all the way in yeah it's got a nice finish mm -hmm. i really like it i tend to really really like the long finishes so any kind of bourbon that has this sort of minute long firework <laughs> sort of comparison you know like those bigger fireworks that have like a minute and 30 second well you just keep looking for more. You keep looking for the fountain of sparks. And any bourbon that has that sort of thing, it's like, oh, look at that. I can taste that. I can taste that. It 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 checks off all the marks for me. I'm I'm personally really enjoying this. I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I I am pleasantly I am surprised. Too. Well, you know, when we had the, the Old Forester 86, we were really impressed with that one, too. Yep. And our family, we really quite like the higher proof bourbons we don't have too many 86 proofs that we 
enjoy. We do appreciate the the 86 reference nostalgia, whatever you want to call it. But even that old Forester 86 proof was surprisingly good. So I'm not too surprised that this 100 proof is also good. At the same time, whenever you find a bourbon that, that's this price point and quite palatable, it, that's really nice. I would say this is a recommend. I, I, I like this. It's funny that I've walked by it so many times. I guess a little bit of that bourbon snobbery with a screw cap bottle. Uh, blame that. But um, for me, if I'm going to put a number or a rating on it, I'm going to throw an 87 on it. I like mm. this bourbon. Personally, I might rate it a bit higher. Um, I like all the sweet notes that are in it. So I'm thinking probably for me, um, a 90 to 95. Wow! wow. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I, I really enjoy this. Wow. I really enjoy this. I like how fruity it is, and I really like all the candied elements. That's Candied elements and bourbon, to me, go together. Well, there's another reason to have a, another bottle that stays on our shelf all the time. So last week or two weeks ago, we, we had some uh, larceny. What do you think? Of, how does this compare to that larceny? I like this a little bit better than, Actually, than the larceny. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, pretty big for you yeah. because this is, the larceny is one of your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. This one, um, the larceny is really nice. It is super grain forward and caramel forward. I, in particular, really like a bourbon that has more fruit-heavy tones. This really gives that. The finish of it also has that cherry in it at the back end, which I really enjoy. I don't know if I'd say it's an incredibly long finish. I think that it's more of a medium finish. I, I definitely don't know if I feel it for a whole, as Laura pointed out, minute. But uh, I do get it all all the same. It's a long, warm finish, but it is not a finish that has a lot of flavors okay, in its yeah, warmth. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So while, I guess medium long <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I could go there. Yeah. I could go there. I think as far as my rating would go, a part of my ratings always have a value component to them. Well, let's talk about value. Yeah, I, mm. I'm one of those people where whatever price point I see on that sticker, there are certain expectations that I have for that price point. And when I make the decision of what a rating's going to be or what a value's going to be, I wanna know, did this perform to that price sticker? Or did it fall short of that? Did it exceed expectations? Whatever. I think this really exceeded the expectations for me as far as value goes. For 25 to 30 bucks, you're getting a lot out of this. It's a 100 proof bourbon. So it's not your standard 90 proof, which are not bad. I love a lot of 90 proof bourbons. There are so many go-tos in that category. But to get $30 getting you a 100 proof bourbon, that's pretty special. And for this to have as many fruits as it does, 
or be as fruit forward, I guess I should say. I really enjoy that. This, this is this is a solid bourbon for me. I think you guys already gave your rating. I'd give this one a 91. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nice. We're going there. Yeah, we're going there. How about that? So five options to consider when you're looking at uh, bourbons in this price point. Um, last week we mentioned Buffalo Trace. I still think that uh, certainly a great bourbon. Um, personally, I'm going to put this old Forester a little bit higher rating than the Buffalo I, Trace. I would agree. I think that it's it, it's interesting because this one, out of all the old Forester products, and like we said, we've had, we've had several. We've had the majority. Out of all of the old Forester products, this one is quite reminiscent of a Buffalo Trace product okay. to me. There's a lot of Buffalo Trace esque. Uh, yep qualities to the this and i'm notes. not even talking so much about buffalo trace bourbon but more buffalo trace distillery notes that are coming in here uh, of course old forester is really putting its stamp on it for sure but i think at the back end the finish to me is very buffalo trace esque interesting uh, oh, but okay. I still think that this is this is a more of a go-to than the classic Buffalo Trace bourbon that you'd find on the shelf. Yep. If you can find it on the shelf. Yep, <laughs> that's the trick. That's the trick. So um, other two others, and while they're in the same price point, they're maybe just a touch higher. Elijah Craig Small Batch and Four Roses Small Batch. Both of those bourbons will not taste like this old Forester. Mm -mm. They're going to be a little higher in the rye content, which means they're a little punchier. A little bit more spice forward. Yes, yes. But they're in that same price point. Um, like I say, maybe just a touch higher, but certainly well worth considering. And then there's also Knob Creek, the uh, standard fare, the nine-year, uh, the small batch. Uh, that one. A perfectly fine bourbon as well. That one's a bit oakier. Uh, yes, that, which this, is I would say typical of a, a Jim Beam product. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a little more nut forwardness going on there. <laughs> nut and oak. Nut and oak. Yeah, and of course, uh, last uh, last podcast we did the Larceny's Kentucky Straight, also in this same price point, a little softer. Definitely, Cer certainly a softer bourbon. Definitely, but. Uh, I think we have a new 100 proof bourbon to keep on our shelves all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very, very impressed with this one. Me too. I, I I really like it. I don't... See, this is where it gets tricky because it has been a while since I've had the other bottled and bond Old Forester, that 19 or 1897, I believe, yep. is that one. Yep. Sounds so, like a challenge. So it sounds like a challenge which one between the two of them is actually better I think as far as value goes, both of them offer pretty unique things, but I think you're really going to get a good value out of out of this one in particular. I see. Over, yeah. over the 1897, yep. which is still a great bottle. but. So Laura just showed me yes. something. She's going to... Uh, so I did a little bit of math. <laughs> I did a little bit of math. Hannah, you said somewhere around a 91. I, I did my math, and I, that, that's that's where I'm sitting. All right, and Dad, you said 87. 87, yeah. 87. Well, I said somewhere in between 90 and 95. I'm personally agreeing with a 92 for this. 
I took the average of those three and it is a 90 overall rating. So what That's kinds of what kinds of bourbons do we have under our 90 ratings? Well, certainly that's a good one to look at. So in my personal 90s, I've got uh, a Baker's single barrel. Now this is from that old batch. Actually, no, that is the new batch that's come out with the big silver odd lid on the top. I like that odd lid. Yep. I, I think it's very... Uh, very aesthetic. <laughs> Easy to get off, too. Yeah. And I happen to have had some of that last night, and, and frankly, I would put this on par with that, <laughs> and, which is kind of interesting because I didn't set out to set myself up for that. Um, another one that, uh, again, if you can find it, the mm -hmm. Eagle Rare, uh, the, the standard 10-year-old fare, uh, also was in my personal 90 list. Uh, Elijah Craig, Straight Rye. You know, that's, that's uh, right there in that, that uh, 90, as well as the Four Roses single barrel. Uh, I've got a, a, a Larceny barrel proof uh, from a couple years ago. A uh, couple stags. A couple stags Stag in there. Stag Juniors. Yeah. yeah, Stag Juniors. My 10, 11, and 12 were all in that range. And then I had a Weller 12-year in that range as well. I think what's most interesting to me, I'm looking at this list as well of his 90 proofs. He has the Old Forester 1920 in uh, the 90 proof, which yeah. is, Very I think good. I can safely <laughs> say, our favorite of all time yep. from Old Forester. Yep. That so one's that's amazing. Quite, quite interesting if yep. that's where you want to put it. I... Yep. Um, I, I, like I said, mine, I'm going to go with a 91 on this. As far as my 91s, I don't have a whole lot in that category. I've got a couple, I've got a local, a local bourbon or a local whiskey. I say local, it's from Washington, but hey, they're the neighbors. They're pretty close from Dry Fly Distillery. I also have the Eagle Rare in this category, so I find that very interesting. George Remus Straight Bourbon, that's a little bit more expensive than this one. George Remus Straight Bourbon is going to be a little bit more on the spicy side. Uh, I think this, yeah, I'll put this there with that. I have the Knob Creek Straight Rye, uh, great offering. I find it very interesting that you and I, Dad, have very similar uh, offerings of whiskey yeah. in, our, in our designated categories. I have the Michter's Straight Rye. I have a Larceny Barrel Proof as well, this one from last year in 2022. And then, huh, I also have an Old Forester product in mine. Mine would be the 1910 though, not that 20 that you've got, Dad. It's interesting that th those two numbers came in here because um, I've put 1910, the day I drank it, Slightly higher than the 1920. <laughs> well, we've always said that the 1910 and the 1920, it really depends on the mood that you're yep. in. It really does because, you know, if I find that I'm in a higher proof mood, I'm going to go for a 1920. But if I'm just wanting just bourbon, I'm thinking, and I want it to be a little bit more focused on something else, I'm going to go with the 1910. Old Forester is just a really consistent, good distillery. Yeah, it's good really lineup. good. Yep. Brown Foreman knows what they're doing. Yeah, I would say so. Yep. That was a good review. I, I enjoyed that. You that know, I've still got I've still got a little bit left in my glass. So 
you know, we, we, we spoke a little bit last time in the episodes that we might have some segments of what's going on in the whiskey world. And I, I've got to be honest, I've been a little bit behind. So, Dad, you said that you've got some interesting tidbits you want to share. Yes. I'll just continue well, sipping over here with my 91 rated. Breeze into the news. We're going to call this segment our Fortnite in Whiskey our bi-weekly, oh, like our oh, bi-weekly nice. newscast here. Uh, we're not going to go into any depth. Uh, if you guys want to know more about any of these topics, there'll be a link to the articles I've referenced on our website, so you can uh, go there well, and, and see. Well, and sound off, too. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on all these news bits. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. absolutely. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw a note that... Uh, Mixter's 10-year is coming back. It'll mm. be the first one back. Uh, they did not release it last year, but they are coming out with it this year. It has a suggested retail price, an MSRP, of $185 oh per 700-milliliter bottle uh, that has a March release. So it might be floating around out there in the world. My guess is that uh, MSRP may be something that we would love to pay, but we'll probably pay more. Then I read an article about Russell's 13, and it came out that uh, they are playing with some prices. So I read the article, and it, it was very intriguing. The week of February uh, 20th, Campari released its 2022 financial results. With the exception of some well-deserved praise for Wild Turkey's performance. <laughs> Always get, Wild Turkey. <laughs> get this, up 48.9% in the last three years. Whoa. I mean, The bourbon boom is doing wonders for every distillery yep. at every level. Yep. Goodness. So this report landed with a thud on many whiskey enthusiasts. Here's why. Russell's 13 was $69.99 in 2021. Is that MSRP also? That's MSRP, okay. okay? It turns out that was a pretty good bourbon. And many of us <laughs> would all agree that it's a pretty good bourbon. So much so that on the secondary market, it was taking prices in the $120 to $150 oh range. Gosh. In 1922... <laughs> They raised the price. Campari raised the price to $99.99. You mean last year? Yeah, yeah last 2022. year. 2022. <laughs> so here it is. They've gone up 30 bucks. Is this possibly to counter some flippers? Well, it turned out that bourbon was good too, and it was going for $150 to $200. Oh, my goodness. That brings up a really good, how are we going to... How does how is the bourbon world, especially during this bourbon boom, really going to navigate and combat flipping if they're going to be able to do that through their price points? Well, here's the deal. In their report, they're speculating this year's release is going to go for 149 Whew. That's just crazy okay. to me. Campari is certainly capitalizing on what the market is bearing. Well, I mean, it would seem that Victor's is as well with that one eighty-five price Very do true. dollar dollar sign. Very true. I mean, most Victor's bourbons are pretty reasonable in their prices. I mean, most Victor's products, their yeah. rye and 
American sour mash, all those included. Not yep. too crazy on the bank, but yep. goodness. So I'll throw this out there to you. At what point do we stop buying? Because if we don't want to pay one forty nine or whatever that dollar value is, will the price come back down or will it hold to where we catch up to it? And then how many other distilleries are increasing their prices simply to capitalize on market pricing? I mean, I know that we're drinking Old Forester right now. Their whole line had a $5 increase in our stores within yep. the last couple uh, months. Yep. It's all about supply and demand. Yep. And lots of demand for sure. Yes. And then uh, next news story we come out with, Elizabeth McCall becomes becomes Woodford Reserve's new master distiller. Elizabeth McCall is only the third master distiller Woodford has had in their 26-year modern history. She succeeds Chris Morris, who will assume the role of master distiller emeritus. Hmm. McCall becomes one of the first female master distillers for a major American whiskey brand. Oh, I love that. Oh, great. I love that. Yep. We are getting out there, ladies. We are getting out there. We are putting our stamp on things. I love that. Okay. Let's continue that. She began with Brown Foreman, the parent company of Woodford Reserve, in 2009 in their research and development department. In 2015, she came under the mentorship of Morris as the master taster which eventually led to her ascension to the assistant master distiller in 2020. So what you're telling me is that she really knows her stuff. She, she spent a long time from the ground up learning all of these things basically. about, about yep. basically whiskey. And 13 about, years, yeah. And now, you you got to get this part, and I'll just throw this in because it's part of the story. She did not start out on this path. She has a psychology degree, and she wanted to be a psychologist <laughs> and needed to get a job, so she went to work. I love that oh, even more now. That's, awesome. that's fantastic. Yep. As someone who has a degree in anthropology, never would I have thought I'd be sitting here on a whiskey podcast, but here we are. What a yep. great story. That's awesome. Wow. When McCall started working with Morris back in 2015, he suggested that she is now on track to someday be a master distiller. He laid out a plan, and that development plan included such thing as working in Woodford Reserve, as well as the guidance in marketing, packaging, cooperaging, the production <laughs> fili- uh, facilities and all. So all in all, I think we all, and especially us here at Whiskey for the Ages, we congratulate Elizabeth McCall on her appointment. Congratulations. Yes. That's a huge accomplishment. This next story, I'm going to try not to butcher a word. (laughs) But uh, I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have heard stories of Jack Daniels' Rickhouse problem in uh, Lincoln County, Tennessee. Ah. There is an out-of-control black whiskey fungus known as Baudano... Badwania compniacensis. There, there we go. go. There we go. Yep. Scientific names. Yep. Yes. So it's fueled by ethanol vapor coming from Jack Daniels facilities. 
It's been a menace to the locals in Lincoln County off and on for years. In fact, anywhere there's whiskey being stored, it's been somewhat of a problem. So it's basically fungus that's getting drunk and going crazy. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> okay, it's all right. black and it sticks on anything stationary. So like a tree and a building. And a and road signs. Ah. Uh, and oh, that can be roads. problematic. And slow moving children. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the residents of Lincoln County are fed up. Uh, with the black fungus covering their homes and cars. Some have reportedly spent as much as $10,000 a year washing their houses. Oh, geez. The cities and the municipalities have had to remove signs and replace signs on street corners because they're not legible. It grows that fast? It grows that fast. Wow. The stubborn whiskey fungus feeds on that ethanol vapor. And the locals are demanding an air filtration system be put in and an environmental impact study to make sure it's not harming people. So the angel share is actually going to fungus now. Uh, Apparently so. Apparently so. Well, This, This sooty black mold smothers homes, porches, cars, and is spreading roughly a mile from the Jack Daniels barrel houses. Herein lies the challenge. This didn't start happening until they started building new rickhouses. There were 20 in the planning phase. Six are built with 14 more coming if they can get the environmental impact under control. Oh, that's that's a whiskey impact. Courts have now ruled there's a stoppage in the construction until solutions can be found. And, of course, Brown Foreman has no comment because there's pending litigation. Brown Foreman owning Jack Daniels? Jack Daniels, Mm, yeah. Gotcha. Tough story. Well, best of luck to them for sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. To everybody involved. That's not a problem anybody wants to have. Let alone whatever distillery it might be. Yeah. So this story, this is a little bit older, but I saw it and I could not resist bringing it up. <laughs> now, stick with me here. Back in 1854, yeah, I told you it's a little bit of an older story. <laughs> Four 18- scores and seven years ago. <laughs> 1854, a ship by the name of the Westmoreland, a 19th century ship, sunk in Lake Michigan. Oh, I'm loving this story already. Okay. It has been lost for a long time. Uh, In 2020, uh, a guy had been searching for it for years, and he has found it. Inside this ship, they have found 280 casks of whiskey. Oh, my goodness. It's like the Irish Rover, but with bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) Also with with, uh, coins worth millions of dollars. Yeah, but the whiskey. Yes. Just everything, though. The challenge here, of course, it's been under water for all this time, and it's... I'm, I'm not certain of the, uh, uh, the, the depth that it's held, but I've been told that the water temperature around these are about 34 to 36 degrees year-round. So the whiskey, in theory, would not be moving in and out 
of the barrel of the barrels. into the lake. Yes. In theory. Okay. So just talking about the gold coins, the numismatist value is roughly $20 million in today's value. Oh, man. The whiskey, of course, is exceptionally rare. Okay. <laughs> um, in the unlikely possibility of any of it salvageable, regional distilleries have already expressed an interest in purchasing it to test it and possibly sell it. Ooh, I want to see. Like, I already know it's out of the price range. The out of out of my budget. Okay, I've accepted it. I've already moved on from it. But I want to know what they'd call that. The name on the bottle. That would be such an interesting name. Well, here's the thing. It's in Michigan waters. Right. And Michigan has a a law that states you cannot salvage shipwrecks. Uh-huh. So now what's happening is the, uh, the the salvage guys or the shipwreck divers have gone to universities and they're pleading with the universities to get involved to do it as a study uh, like of archaeology. Okay. Oh, sign yeah. me up. <laughs> yeah, you can do Sun, it. Summertime, though. Yeah. I ain't doing that any other time. <laughs> and that's our cold. news for the fortnight. What good news stories. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're going to do this again. Around and and uh, to, to learn more, there's going to be links to each one of these stories so you all can go into more depth. And likewise, uh, we were reviewing that 100 Proof from Old Forester here. That review will also be up on the website um, shortly after this podcast goes live, you'll be able to find it in all of the usual places on our page. Remember that website is whiskeyfortheages.com. You'll get to see all three of us really dive into the nitty gritty of what we really think about this bourbon and all of the extraneous specific fun details that we may have about the nose, the palate, the finish. And next week... We've got a really, really exciting episode, so we're going to go into detail about how we personally taste whiskey. Like, what are our tips? How is opening your mouth going to be a contribution to (laughs) smelling it? We're going to go really, really in-depth with that, and maybe even offer a couple of tips to even get more flavors into it. Definitely. We have a flavor wheel that we use. Uh... Right now, you probably heard us tapping glasses and clicking pens and what have you when we were reviewing earlier. We're scribbling everywhere right now. Making notes. Um, We'll get this out to you, and and hopefully uh, you'll kind of get an insight of what we do. Likewise, with this episode, this was our We Pick episode. If you recall from our last episode, we mentioned a whole lot of plans that we have for this series, one of which being a You Pick episode. We've got a few bourbons that we have never opened that have been sitting on the shelf just begging, begging, begging to be put in a glass. We want to finally give them that opportunity to do that, but we need your help for that. Which one are we going to review next? We're going to be posting a poll Again, right, just like the review for this, we're going to be posting a poll for which one we should review. Let me just give you the the lowdown on what those could be. We have a Larceny Barrel Proof, Batch C922. That would be the most recent one that we've been able to get our hands on anyway. 
maybe that one. We also have a Michter's American Whiskey. Give you some variety there. We have a Colonel Taylor, E.H. Taylor. Yep, one of those. That's really hard to come by. This is a batch 10. That's a barrel proof. Barrel proof, barrel proof, barrel proof. I'm not trying to hint at anything, but I may be trying to hint at something. We also <laughs> have a Rossville Union barrel proof rye. So in case you're wanting to see us go into any ryes, we do drink those on occasion. I personally love ryes. We thought we'd throw in that option for you. So we will have that poll up for you to pick for us which one of those we will be opening up at the at the end of the season to review like we just did tonight with the Old Forester. And I'm excited to see what you guys pick. <laughs> the tailor is an option. <laughs> Someone's pretty eager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But what are we doing next week? Well, we've, we're going to do that review next week. We're going to tell people how we do our reviews. And then we're also going to go into the slow pour uh, series where we're going to get kind of kick back and talk about women in the liquor store. Ah, uh, yes, that's coming oh, yes. up as well. I am excited. <laughs> yep. yep. And then we'll talk, a, we'll have another one. We'll talk about 90 proof whiskeys. We'll set two or three or four or whatever number of 90 proofers out there and kind of, kind of spotlight those. We're going to spotlight on a, dis, on a distillery. And then uh, a friend of mine, we're going to bring on the uh, series. I've been on his podcast a couple of times, and we're going to do an interview with him uh, talking about uh, bar pours and how he went about securing bourbon for his bourbon bar back in Wisconsin. That'll be really exciting. Ooh. He's a good guy. He is. Yeah. He is. Yep. Yeah. And then we're going to do a, a live stream show. That one we are very excited for. We're actually going to get to sit down with you guys, really with y'all in the room with us, and actually have a pour, we'll have a pour of whatever. I don't even know if the three of us are gonna be having the same thing. We certainly want everybody to bring their favorite to the session, and let's just talk. Let's yeah. just grow the community. Let's get to know everybody. You can ask us questions. We can ask you questions. Yeah. Do the whole kit and caboodle. We haven't figured out if we're going to do that as a chat, as a Zoom, or what we're going to do. But We will keep you posted we'll, on that for sure. Because yeah. we are really looking forward to it. I know I am. We'll yes. have to teach ourselves some technology. <laughs> We've learned so much as yeah. it is. <laughs> and then we're going to do a, a series just before we do our listener pick. Uh, talk about a little history. Uh, this is going to be probably led by me because I'm kind of a history nerd, not whatever you want to call it. But yeah, uh, you got books on it. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about some oddities. I'm um, really excited for that as well. Yes, we urban may, is a story. We may even talk about uh, some food that was popular during that time in history, or maybe even some music that was sung oh, in yes. that era. My, my. We should at least try niche. to get some of that food. <laughs> to enjoy oh gosh, with what we're yes. drinking. That yep. would be a lot of fun. Yep. So, and then we will have that listener's pick yep. where, again, as I mentioned, Taylor is an option. So, <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for this yeah. episode. Thank you for joining us on this one. If you haven't had that Old Forester 100 proof, certainly go out and give it a try for about 30 bucks well worth your money and let us know what you think about it if you've already had it and let us know if you go out and buy it based on our recommendation and tell us what you think we want to know yep and like we end every episode we'd like to send a great thank you to everyone and of course cheers, cheers everybody cheers.